Alright, on this episode of the LPDS, we're taking more questions from the road. As you can see, we're on the road again, doing things a little differently, trying to keep things spicy. So we're on the road, got the questions from the, from the fans, going to be answering some of those. Got the road dog Randy in the back there. We got current events coming at you. We got a cage fact coming at you. That's all happening right now. Jabronis, we're back. Hope everybody had a good week. Mine was jam-packed with stuff again. As you can see, we're back on the road, heading back down to the LPDS Ranch, the new compound down there in Texas. Did a little stoppage in uh, in Tennessee, so to break the trip up for me and the me and the road dog in the back there. You might be able to see him later on as he gets a little rowdy. Uh, right now, he's laying down, being nice and calm. Hope the audio is okay back in the vehicle so we got to deal with that hopefully the camera angle is a little better this time you see a little bit more of my mean mug and uh and more of the vehicle and not more, any of that vertical nonsense that that i did last time when we were in the vehicle so a lot of stuff going on in the current events world i'm going to touch on a few of them and then hopefully wrap it up into like an overall lesson or point of this all um because a lot, it's, it's malarkey. It's a lot of it's nonsense and malarkey, and we get caught up on it. We don't know what's real and what's fake and what's important and what's not anymore. And that's what it seems like the media is trying to get us to do. Um, but we're not having it here at the LPDS, so we're going to try to take that step back and realize that this is all malarkey and nonsensory. Um, but anyway, a lot going on. So the I, I don't know if I talked about this already or not. The Navy is using um, one of their seamen I don't know if it's a seaman or an ensign or what their rank is um, as a recruiting you know their new recruiting uh, marketing campaign and he's a drag queen and I, I feel like I discussed this already maybe it was Air Force was doing some of their own weird recruit I don't know but that's their new marketing campaign is using the drag queen to, to post their videos on TikTok and Instagram reels or whatever to get people to, you know, want to join the Navy. Now, obviously, there's people up in arms about it because what's happening to the military, this and that, this blah, blah, blah. I'm going to break it down real quick. Whatever they think is going to get people to join the Navy, they're going to try to do, okay? The recruiting side of the military is a numbers game, numbies, all right? Back in the day... They used to lie to you and tell you you're going to go be, you know, if you wanted to join the Air Force, you're going to go be a pilot. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. Everything's great. Don't worry about it. The Air Force is the way to go. The military is the way to go. It's your future, this and that. And they got people signing up that way, and they got their numbers that way, and people get into boot camp, and they realize, oh, I believe there's, there must have been a misunderstanding here because I'm an enlisted guy now. I can't fly. I can't do any of this stuff as easily as they said it would be, and that was that. Now they're using drag queens. I don't know exactly what the message is going to be. <coughs> Excuse me. Dealing with allergies still, so I still got a couple of New Jersey pollen frags up in the old schnozzle that I got to clear out. But anyway, I don't know exactly what their message is. Maybe it's like, oh, you can feel more comfortable, we're more open and progressive, and inclusive here in the Navy, so you want to join the Navy? I, maybe that's the maybe that's the message. I don't know. Um, it should it, people should not care as much about this as they are. It's a little weird. It's a strange tactic for recruiting people. Um, I don't think other drag queens are going to be like, oh, I'll feel accepted here. I'll go join the Navy. I think they have better things to do with their with them themselves, their lives than go, you know, sit on a ship or a submarine with a bunch of other dudes uh, for six months at a time 
Uh, I know that's not all they do in the Navy. I love the Navy. I'm just giving them, just giving them crap a little bit. But uh, I, it, it's, I don't see how it's going to recruit a lot of people. Um, if they're looking for people that are like drag queens and want to feel included, uh, whether it's LGBTQ, Alphabet Soup, or the trans community, whatever it is, maybe that's what they're trying to, to bring in. Fine, whatever you want to do to get your numbies up, got it. That's that's just marketing. You try to you, you trial and error until you get uh, the result you're looking for. The only the only thing I question, and this is I question in in all aspects of the military all the time, is we have to remember what the point of the military is. Okay, at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, the point of the military is to be a, a ready fighting force to, to be able to go out and defend our country and our freedoms against enemies in battle. Okay? We haven't really done that much over the past 20, 30 years. Uh, they they market it as we're going to fight for our freedom, but it's really, really not. So I hate to say it. Um, but we have to have battle-ready, combat-ready individuals join the military. Uh, for the most part. Now, there obviously, there's jobs you don't deploy much. You sit behind a computer. I only deployed like one and a half times when I, you know, in my active duty time in 12 years. So there's not you know you don't need to always be on the front lines getting shot at. Um, so I get you can there's there is a spectrum of people that you can allow in the military because of that. However, comma at the end of the day, the military is the fighting force that needs to be physically, mentally, emotionally ready to go to battle at any given moment for our national security, for our freedoms. My question here is, is this marketing ploy going to bring that kind of clientele in? You, you, Again, you could disagree with it all you want. The same goes for sports teams. The same goes for any sort of uh, theater, auditioning for a movie. There's a certain criteria that have been set out for particular jobs and positions and teams and whatnot and if you don't meet the criteria you're not going to be qualified it has nothing to do with we don't like your kind here we're better than you this or that nothing it's just a specific criteria that's needed and if you don't meet the criteria better luck next time i guess do what you can to meet the criteria next year or whatever that's how it should. That's how it is with with stuff like this. So if you don't meet the criteria to go be ready for battle, then you, you shouldn't be in the military. So the question again is: are, Is this going to bring in the people that meet the criteria that are going to be battle ready to go to combat if needed, to be able to take care of their their job under high stress situations when maybe potentially lives are on the line? That's what we're. That's what you need in the military. At the end of the day, for the most part. So we have to be mindful of that. That's my only. My always. My only concern all the time is whatever we're doing, whether it's changing qualification standards or being more exclusive or inclusive or whatever it is. We have to. You have to do what's best to get you the best fighting force for the military. So, otherwise. You're wasting your time complaining. It's not going to change the situation. It doesn't affect your day much, you complaining about the Navy's marketing ploy and if it's going to work or not. So let's just go about our business and let them do whatever they, they feel they need to do to get their numbers up. Okay? Because not every decision you make, people agree. everybody agrees with. Okay? There's plenty of people that think the decisions you make are stupid too. The decisions I make are also stupid and don't make sense. Okay, but don't give in to the outrage. Don't give in to the emotions of it all. Just control the controllables. There is what I'm saying. All right, moving on. Uh, a lot of stuff in the political world. A lot of stuff in the political world. Um, I guess the the recent administration just came out with. I don't know if it's official yet or they want to do it, but they said, "Oh, um, we're going to start charging fees." For people with uh, certain credit scores, you and it looks like it's trending higher credit scores. 
uh, starting fees to uh, to get mortgages for houses, and we're gonna make make it a little bit easier for for people with worse credit scores, lower income, to be able to purchase houses and own homes. Again, people are up in arms on both sides of this one. Again, take the LPDS step back here. The intent seems good. You want everybody to be able to own their own property, own their own home, have a family there, whatever. However, the other end of the coin here, they did something like this back in 07 and 08, if you guys don't remember what happened. Okay? The, the, the barrier to entry to purchasing a home back then for lower income, bad credit, don't have the money to buy a home, they dropped it down to nothing. Anybody can sign a mortgage and buy a home, and they had all these different types of mortgages available to these people to purchase homes, adjustable rate, um, low upfront cost, whatever it was, to get people thinking they can afford a home, and then after a year, their interest rate gets skyrocketed, and they can't afford it, and now they're defaulting on their loans, and the bank is taking over their houses, and then the market crashed. Okay? So... The concern here is, can we find a way to meet the intent, the good intent behind this, without dicking up our economy again? And it doesn't seem to be happening right now. There has not been any information put out on protections against a, uh, uh, an economy uh, recession again and the housing market blowing up because of this. Now, again, I don't know if this... Um, law or this policy has been enacted officially yet. It was thrown out there as an idea, maybe. Um, but I hope, I hope to God, they're thinking through this and not just going to blindly repeat history just because they're making a political, you know, because it's a political chess move. Because they got a, you got the elections coming up, which is a common theme throughout the rest of these current events, mind you. So think about that. When, uh, when that comes out. Think about the reasons behind it, the intent, and if it's actually going to work if they had the protections in place. The next thing here, speaking of campaigns and election years, because it's an election year coming up, people are going to be starting campaigning hard in the next couple months. It's going to start hard, ramping up. It already kind of has. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot of other issues pop up out of nowhere that are now important to politicians that weren't important the past two and a half, three years. Um, credibility is coming up uh, for different for different candidates. One in particular, uh, the Biden family, they just had a, a congressional committee, uh, what's the word, uncover the fact that not, at least nine, right now, up to nine family members of the Biden family have been, it's been proven, they uncovered the money, they followed the money trail, have been paid, paid off by foreign companies, foreign investors, foreign governments even, through shell companies. There's no, there's no reason why, there's no information as to why they got these, these payouts, millions of dollars of money through these nine family members, um, but all through these shell companies, they all track back to Russia, Ukraine, China, maybe some other countries in there uh, that are hot topic countries these days. Um, so the, the, the committee now dumped it on the Department of Justice to, hey, do something about this. This is now the ball is in your court. You have all the evidence. Now it's time to do your job and hold these people accountable uh, for this. I think a couple of the, the family members were like grandkids, nieces, and nephews, like young kids getting a hundred plus thousand dollars randomly from this Chinese shell corporation for no, seemingly no reason. So that was brought out as a political chess move to sully the Biden administration and their candidacy for next year's race. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you have the, the orange man himself, Donnie Trump, gotten charged, convicted with libel for a sexual assault case, and then they had him on CNN uh, trying to get some sound bites out of him, saying stupid stuff, uh, so that they can use that against him. He is in legal trouble. That's real. That's real trouble that he needs to account for. And I think he's getting fined a million dollars. He has to pay a million, five million dollars or something like that uh, for the situation. 
Um, it's not good. I'm not condoning it. Um, but again, all this stuff is coming out at the same time, probably for a reason if you want to put the tinfoil hats on. All right, moving on. What else we got? Uh, as I'm sure you've seen this in the media. When you're going to see, this is, the, this is the real lesson. This is the tying it all together. This is what you're going to see the next year, okay? You're going to see issues that are wrapped around gun control and gun violence ramping up the next year. We've already seen it. Texas, uh, some other places recently, another school shooting. Um, that's going to get ramped up. That's going to be pushed harder in the, in the media uh, now than it has been in the past two and a half years because gun control is a hot topic every four years. You got border issues popping up already. Now you see it on Fox News is the only one doing it now because they're they're super far one way um, and they're covering the border crisis uh, because Title 42 or whatever is Title 44. I don't I don't forgot whatever title it is. The COVID thing that was letting you know restricting people or whatever it was is going away. So people are flooding the border, the southern border, to get in before it's too late before they get their their rights and amenities. Uh, for being uh, border crossers. So that's a hot topic issue. You're going to see more border issues and more border stories coming up with the election. You're going to see more race-related stories coming up with the election that politicians didn't care about for the past two and a half years. Now they all of a sudden care about because they want your vote. You're going to see uh, enemy nation stories popping up. There's going to be new adversaries, China, Russia, they're going to ramp up and out. They're going to be further threat. And these politicians are going to start talking about how they're the ones who are going to solve the problem and stop it. And that's why you should vote for them. And then there's going to be economy issues popping up. For the same reasons. I can fix the economy, so vote for me. Here's the moral of the story, folks. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're... If you got a D next to your team, an R next to your team, an I, an L, whatever... Remember this, we are the same team, and politicians will say anything they can to get your vote. And they've been doing it our entire lives, and I have since, I'm waiting to find a politician who's actually doing something positive and what they said they were going to do to help us, to, to all the snake oil that they were selling to get your vote and our vote. I'm waiting for them to actually do something on all sides of the table. This is an unbought, like a, an on, you know, an objective, all politicians are going to say and do whatever they need to, to get your vote. So please be aware of that. Please educate yourselves on what these people are saying, who these people are, their history as politicians, and what they've actually done. And be extra wary of the career politicians who are multi-millionaires and almost billionaires being politicians. Don't forget, that's a public service position. Okay? And yet they're becoming millionaires off of public service jobs. So remember that when it comes time for the votes and the polls and what they're telling you is important and drastic and only they can solve. If only they can solve it, why haven't they solved it yet? They are all career politicians. Everybody running this year so far has been in politics for more than a decade. That's their career now. And these problems are not solved. They're not even, they're not even better. They're getting worse. So remember that when they say that they're going to be the ones to solve the problem. That's it. That's the moral of all the current events. Be aware of these stories. Put your tinfoil hats on. Understand the reason behind all this stuff is now becoming a problem. It's really just been ignored for the past two and a half years until election time. And again, four years, we're going to do it again. We said it four years ago on this show. Here are the four top topics. And four years from now, it's going to be the same thing. Okay? The cycle continues. We're not buying it here, folks. We're not buying it. We're better than that. I think that's all I got for current events, thankfully, because I hate them. And I'm only doing it because it makes for good radio. <laughs> so, all right. With that, we'll get into the good stuff. We'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Leonard's Lot Lizards. 
Are you on the road with your partner in crime dog on a long road trip and you're all out of peanut butter and you're looking for that, that pleasurable hit for energy to get you through to the finish line? Well, Leonard's Lot Lizards are there to satisfy your every need. Leonard's Lot Lizards are available at your request to custom tailor your satisfaction experience at all hours of the night to give you that quick hitter energy so you don't have to go buy more peanut butter or a five-hour energy or any more coffee so you're not being your pants. You get your quick hit and you're good to go. So visit any interstate truck stop after 8 p.m. To, to find a lot lizard and use the promo code WOOLYWILLY for 29% off your first pleasure hit, energy hit. These are the sponsors, folks, when you're on the road. These are the sponsors you, you get stuck with. One day we will have a real sponsor and all will be right with the world. All right. The Cage Fact. I was listening to a podcast with Paulie Shore on it. Paulie Shore is a comedian. He's an actor. Um, was huge in the 90s with a bunch of movies back then. And now he does mostly stand-up and he does some Netflix movies and stuff now as well. But he was on a podcast, and oh, by the way, his excuse me, his parents um, started. His mom ran uh, the comedy store in in Los Angeles, which is like the mecca for comedy, um, and she was the premier comedy, you know, funnel, if you will. Um, he was on a podcast talking about how he was living in Vegas for the past few years, and his direct next door neighbor was the great one, Nick Cage. And he shared a couple of stories about uh, Nick being a neighbor and being an awesome human being and a good guy and this and that. Uh, but one of the things he, he mentioned was that when Nick Cage, when you hang out with him, he politely requests that any pictures you take with him and all the good times you have, you keep that private and you don't post it on the internets for everybody to see because he likes his privacy. Now, he doesn't want, he doesn't make you sign an NDA, like a non-disclosure agreement or anything crazy like that, but he does ask, like, hey, friend to friend, I want to keep my personal life private. It's bad enough the paparazzi are all over me, this and, you know, whatever. So let's, you know, let's share the good times and, 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 and we'll have these good times to ourselves and enjoy them as friends and family and, and nobody else. Um... And he asked people to respect his privacy. So I thought that was a cool, a cool move to make to respect his his family's privacy, his privacy, and then so that the the friendship stays between them. It's 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 more valuable that way. And, and he knows that he's dealing with real friends and not people that are just hanging out with him for the clout and the you know being part of the entourage for just to be part of Nick Cage's entourage. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that's the cage fact. We're moving right along. We're keeping this quick because, again, we're on the road. It's not exactly safe to do this. Um, that's why I'm eyes on the road. And I have my shades on so that you, I'm not, you, know, you know I'm not looking at the camera. Um, and I'm looking at the road for safety because that's what we like to do here. We like to be safe. So uh, we'll move it over to the junction. We'll spin the logo up. We got more questions. A few more questions to, to answer, a little ask me anything on the road, and, uh, you know, we'll have a good time with it, hopefully. So, the first question here, someone just asked, how's the drive? And this is actually the same person two weeks ago, if you listen to that road, road trip episode, asked me, it just said, hey, drive safe. Now they're asking how the drive was. So this is just a good friend being a nice person, asking me how I'm doing, making sure I'm trying to be safe. Um, and I appreciate that. So thank you for that. The drive's going fine. So far, not too much traffic. It was dealing with traffic yesterday, Friday. So I'm recording this Saturday. By the time you see it, I'll be back in, back in Texas. Um, but some traffic, a little bit of weather, but so far so good. The thing with these drives is when you're going cross country, once you're out of the city and away from any mountain ranges or good scenic country, it's boring. Okay, you can see in the background over here, it's just trees, not cool ones, or it's flat land and nothingness in the great, you know, middle states of America. 
Um, it's not until I get down south, I'll be towards the water a little bit, New Orleans, Mississippi. You'll see a little bit, you know, uh, more exciting things going on over there. But these drives are generally boring. Okay, it's boring for me. It's boring for Randy back there. It's boring for everybody. So we do what we can to, to enjoy ourselves and uh, figure out a way to, to have a good time knowing that we're driving 12 hours through nothingness. I don't even see houses or, or life right now. It's just highway and road and trees. So that's what we're dealing with. I just saw a, a flat tire, a tractor trailer just popped a tire. So everyone's avoiding that now. That's exciting. That's what you gotta stay awake for. That's what you need a Leonard's Lot Lizard for. So anyway, thanks for asking. The drive is going pretty well considering what we're doing here. So, all right, the next question here. Uh, how do you solve, how would you solve the border problem? Now, I'll keep this question in because it relates to what we just talked about in the current events. And I know this question is popping up because the story's hitting the, the media. So now people, it's in their brains, it's on their eyeballs, they see it in social media. Now it's all of a sudden a problem again. My issue is that it's been a problem for a long time, before I was born, okay? And nothing's getting done to do, you know, to actually fix the problem. There's walls, there's no walls, let them in, don't let them in, whatever it is. Here's what I'll say. Here's Libretti for Presidents, one cent opinion on this and what I would try to do to help maybe alleviate this a little bit. Now I'll caveat this all together. The presidents don't have much pull in real life. They just don't. They don't have much power. The power is run in the in the House and the, and the Senate and that's loaded with corrupt criminals right now. And it's one of, if not the biggest reason why nothing positive gets done in our government because the majority of people in the House and Senate are making decisions and making moves that benefit them and their, and their parties, and that's it. Whether it's continued power for their party or money in their pockets, that's the decisions that they're making. So when they come out with things to help fix the border and this and that now it's because they're up for election and they need the votes and they want to keep they want to maintain the power in their party so it's very difficult for any sitting president to actually get anything done because it has to go through them first and they don't give a shit about the border problem until it affects them negatively notice how you don't see politicians talking about the border problem until it directly affects them negatively so in Texas, you hear them talking about it because you got droves of illegal aliens coming in and taking over their towns, and they don't they don't want to deal with the problem themselves. So they start blaming up and blaming the president, and the administration, and this and that, and they cry and whine. Or what they've been doing is sending them out to other states, flying out the problem, and dumping it on somebody else, kicking the rock down the road. And then those politicians start, now it's a problem for them because now they have all these these immigrants in here, these aliens, undocumented folks, and they have nothing, nowhere to house them, nothing, no plan in place, and they start bitching, and then they start sending them out to other states, and they just kick the problem down the road, and it's only a problem until it's not their problem anymore. So that's... I, if, if nothing else, that's the biggest problem I see is that nobody actually wants to do anything about it. Now, again, my one cent opinion, what I would try to do is try to devise a team to work together with the House and Senate to try to get them to set their uh, political differences aside and their political um, chess pieces aside to actually fix this and, and really help the American people out. And I believe that the key is reforming and improving the process to become a citizen legally. There's no incentive right now for anybody to come to this country legally. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a corrupt system. They built it 
and corrupted it because of the people who run the system, corrupted to the fact where you got to continue to pay and continue to pay and you have all these different hurdles and hoops to get through and it takes like a decade for you to become an actual citizen of this country before you can take your citizenship test and, and become a hand-raising, American flag-raising citizen of the U.S., which is terrible. We want people to want to come here the right way, legally. All the incentive right now is for people to just hop the border somewhere or fly in from a different country, and all of a sudden now, with no paperwork, no documentation, they have health care, they'll have insurance, they can be seen by medical professionals, they have all these different rights, they can work, they can do this and that, and they're all protected. Which is great. We want our people to be protected. But we want people to want to become citizens. So I think the focus should be on reforming the process to become a citizen. To make it easier for people to become a citizen. So that they're incentivized to come in the right way. And not just hop a border and create issues across the borders. For the, for the uh, DHS and ICE and all them. Incentivize them to want to come to this country the right way to become a citizen. And I think that will mitigate a lot of the problem. There's still going to be the drug runners and the cartels doing their thing. And they're going to, and they use families a lot of the time to hop the border so that they can mule and coyote or whatever they call drugs over the border to work their drug stuff, which is a whole different problem all in and of itself. Um, the war on drugs, we've been losing. We created that war. We've been losing it for a, quite some time uh, because of our stupid decisions. And that's, again, I'm not getting into that one. But it's not going to solve the problem. But I think it will mitigate a little bit um, because the problem is nobody nobody cares to want to come and become a citizen when they can just cross a, an imaginary line or hop a fence and now they're afforded all these rights for free or for way less money. They pay a couple thousand for the cartels to help them under, go through the tunnels to get them over, and they're good to go, as opposed to paying ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and waiting ten years and working their asses off just to be told, "Hey, you got to pay more money, and you got to wait longer to become a citizen." So, again, my once and opinion. You can agree, disagree. I, I, I would like to get some feedback on that, um, some uh, healthy adult discourse on that. Uh, as opposed to, you know, shitting on it or or whatever you want to do. Because that's what we try to do here. We try to be adults and have good adult discourse on that. But, yeah, thanks for the question. It's topical. Um, it's probably not important to this person only until election time and when it's in our faces. So, um, that's that. It, it sort of proves the point we made earlier with that. Of course, it's an issue now because people are running for election. All right, the next question Thank you, though. The next question is, um, uh, what are the, some of the greatest sports rivalries? Uh, I like this question because I like sports. Uh, and it's a good topic because I love a good sports rivalry with drama and fights and, win and battling back and forth and actual competition. Um, that's, that's awesome to me. Uh, so obviously for me, Yankees-Red Sox was always a big rivalry. It's died down recently because both teams suck. And nobody cares who wins because nobody's competing for anything real anymore with those two teams. Um, so they're dealing, you know, you got to deal with that. But uh, that's always been a historical rivalry. Maybe that'll be back up again. Um, football wise, I'm trying to think of a good one, like a real one uh, that that I pay attention to. Giants, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles used to be. Uh, way more of a rivalry, but the Giants stink, so it doesn't. Nobody cares as much anymore. Hopefully, they'll be there. They're they're starting on a, a little bit of an upswing, so maybe they'll be a little bit better. They'll compete against the Eagles a little bit more, and you'll actually have some more good, healthy rivalries and and shit talking and all that good stuff. Um, hockey, Devils, Rangers, I think maybe Rangers, Islanders. Um, probably the teams in, in Canada, Edmonton and Montreal or the, or the Canucks or whatever. Um, I'm sure they have their rivalries. I don't know a lot about like West Coast rivalries. For a while back in the day, the Cowboys and the 49ers were a rivalry because they were always fighting each other in the, uh, in the NFC Championship game. 
before the Super Bowl, and whoever really won that game essentially won the Super Bowl back in the 90s. That was a fun one to watch. Um, what else is there? Celtics-Lakers is a big one in the basketball world. Um, I don't pay attention too much to NBA basketball anymore, so I don't know if there's any bigger rivalries. Um, pretty much anything that any team LeBron's on, the other team hates them, so I guess that's a rivalry. Uh, but I, I apologize, I don't pay attention too much to NBA as much anymore. Uh, Duke, North Carolina on the NCAA basketball side, that's always huge. The teams, even when they're bad, they're still better than most other teams in college basketball. So that's a big one. I know I'm missing a ton. There's so many great sports rivalries out there. Uh, there's got to be a Philly, like Philly baseball one. Phillies versus somebody. There's got to be fighting. Damn, I wish I knew. More recently, Houston Astros versus the Yankees. That's because the Yankees are bitching about the cheating, and they cheated. The, the Astros definitely cheated, but they're also a better team. Uh, top to bottom, better team. Um, so, they didn't really need to cheat, honestly, to beat the Yankees. They could have just showed up. Uh, damn, I, I'm missing. I know I'm missing a lot, so please send me in the comments, and then we can talk about them in a future episode. This is a great question. This should be a full episode, actually. I'll probably add that to the list with um, the sports... If I can devise a baseball team out of sports uh, characters, baseball characters and movies, what will my team be, my fantasy team? That's a whole episode in and of itself. This should be too because it's a great question. A lot going on for this one, so um, thank you for that. I, I know I missed my, you know, one of your rivalries that I'm sure uh, you want to talk about, so hit me up in the comments or the DMs or the hotline, 202-670-1114, and we'll talk about it in a future date. All right. This one here. <clears throat> uh, when are you going to have another Brothers episode with the Creature, the Bone Crusher, Bonji, the Wet Cat, all those guys bringing them together like we did kind of uh, in Syracuse and in the, the Trenches of War in Virginia Beach and all that good stuff. Um, and then even at the LPDS compound when the Wet Cat and Creature came by, I got to make it happen. I got to convene the team for all of us to be to be together again. So maybe this summer, uh, if we could get people together with uh, their work schedules and their family lives uh, to, to find a centralized location to meet. There's supposed to be an Embry-Riddle baseball alumni game in November. Uh, there's no date been put out on that. Uh, so I'm calling out the Embry-Riddle Athletic Department on that one. I don't know who picks the dates for those, if it's the baseball coaches or the athletic department in general, but um, we should be planning this now because people have lives and families are coming from across the country, all over the place, down to Daytona Beach to, to play shitty old man baseball, have a few, have a few pops, and should talk about the good old days. Um, so that would be a great spot to to have another Brothers episode, but let's, somebody's got to make that happen, and, uh, and I feel like uh, if I don't if, if I don't take the reins on it, nobody's going to, so maybe I'll do it, um, but that would be a good time, otherwise maybe the summer, hopefully, because I love those episodes, they're fun, we shoot the shit a lot, we do a lot of shit talking to each other, share a few laughs, the audio is always garbage because I suck at it, and uh, we have a good time with it, so hopefully soon. All right, this next one, this is actually the final question here. Um, what's the what's your best Corey David story? So, for for those of you who don't know, Corey David's is jokingly public enemy number one of the LPDS. Uh, he was on way back in the day, like the first year we started the podcast. Uh, he was on the show with the Wet Cat, and we we shared a uh, a bottle of scotch and a few few good stories and laughs there. But I always joke and say he's a public enemy because we had like we always had like a love-hate relationship together. We were roommates in college. We did team laundry together. We did bullpen catching together, and we we just had a lot of experiences of us shit talking each other and calling each other out for for stupid you know bullcrap stuff. Sorry, I blocked the camera there on the YouTube land. My apologies. Um, so there's a lot of Corey David stories. 
and I don't want to. I don't want to completely drag the poor bastard in there. But there is a. There are reasons why he's public enemy number one. Um, so I'm trying to think of some good ones. There was the one story. It was very funny. We used to have to do morning workouts um, before class. So like six, six in the morning, seven in the morning. I forgot exactly what time it was. We would have to come show up and do conditioning sprints in the basketball field or the basketball court, excuse me, conditioning on the baseball field in the morning, whatever it was, uh, and then we would go shower up and go, go, go to class and have you know have our day. And 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 David's had an injury. He had some knee Oscar Schlatter's, I think. Um, I have Oscar Schlatter's too. It's a it's a knee thing. Go look it up. I'll talk about Oscar Schlatter's some other time. But go look it up if you want to know what it is. It's with the knees. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, conditioning with the team. But he was showing up with the team in the morning, even though he didn't have to do the running and stuff. He was showing up. And one time he posted something on Twitter or Instagram or something. It was a picture of the team running. And, he, and, and, and Corey Davis made the mistake of doing hashtag or something saying, back on the grind. And that's all he wrote. I think that's all he wrote was back on the grind. And it was the picture of guys running and probably me puking in the background or something because I always threw up. Um, and most of the people saw it as, oh, Corey Davis is back on the grind. What I think, and I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here because he is my friend. Uh, I think what he might have been trying to portray is like the team is back on the grind. The guys are out there running, doing the shit in the morning when everybody else is sleeping or, or you know, passed out from a hangover or being drunk the night before, whatever. But most of us, whether we, you know, we did it on purpose or not, we took it as like Corey David, here's David's dangerous D saying he's back on the grind and he's not doing anything. Well, somebody took a picture of Corey David's while he was posting that twit and Corey David's was laying on top of the basketball scoreboard, that tabletop where they had the com the commentators on, you know, during games, and he's laying there in sweats, and he's, you know, pin-up position, painting like one of your French girls, twitting this picture of him doing that, and saying back on the grind. And that person took that picture and posted it on their Twitter and, and tagged him and reposted it in reply to his twit saying... Is this what you call back on the grind or whatever it was, calling him out for not running with the rest of the team? Uh, and it became this whole do-to-do, fighting back and forth, shit-talking back and forth. But at the end of the day, we had a good laugh about it because we knew we knew D can't run. He had a thing, and uh, we were just—it was just a funny. It ended up being a funny joke of him saying back on the grind, talking about the team. But everyone made it out to be like him talking about it. He's on the grind. It was very funny. And it was, again, it's one of those things where you, you spin it for the laughs and the joke of that being of that's why Davids is public enemy number one on the podcast. He's like, again, he's my friend. He is one of those guys, and I talk about it with people all the time. You'll, you'll love to shit talk D, and he loves to shit talk me. But anytime he says, like, hey, I'm going to be in town, or if I'm in New York area where he's at, oh, hey, I'm in town, we're dropping everything to hang out with each other. He's just our, our boy. Uh, and that's what I like about our friendship, and that's what I think all friendships should be with your close friends, your brothers, is you trash each other relentlessly, and you're always ball-busting and, and shit-talking, and at the end of the day, you'll take a bullet for each other, and you'll go hang out and drop everything to be around that person. So um, that was a funny story. There's a bunch of others. Oh, one of them, speaking of D not being able to do running and stuff because of the knees, one day out of nowhere... We all knew he can't run and can't do some certain stuff, and he tried hard. One day out of nowhere, his girl at the time <clears throat> shows up to one of our practices. I think she was in town from, like, wherever she was living, and she came down to visit, and she decided to come hang out there in one of our practices in the stands. So that was cool. And all of a sudden, out of the dugout, we're dicking around. We're throwing the ball. We're running, whatever. Out of the dugout, Dangerous D comes out with one of those sprinters parachutes on and he starts doing parachute sprints up and down the field. Now we all knew before, you know, Davis couldn't run. This was like a, uh, we weren't sure, we wasn't sure if this was like a, a Grandpa Joe situation from 
Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory where the guy is an invalid until his grandson wins the golden ticket and all of a sudden he can walk again. Uh, David's had the miracle of conditioning again for this one day and of course we dragged him at the end of it for like clearly you were only running because your girl was out here and you wanted to show her that you still had what it takes you know to be a good alpha guy I don't know what it was whatever the real reason was we dragged him for it we gave him shit again he he ball busted back we had a back and forth a doo 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 again and we all laugh about it now um and it was just good ball busting it's a great story of like here's dangerous D running for, doing parachute sprints for his girl uh, it was really funny but the last story I'll share about D because again I don't want to drag the poor bastard he's not here to defend himself he's not here to share in the laughs right now hopefully he listens and he can laugh about it now um, but one story I will share that it's really a good memory that I have and I hope he, he I think he remembers it too and I hope he uh, holds it as high in a light that I do we were roommates and we were also on launcher crew together so we were playing you know, we had games and then we were spending hours on end at the end of the night doing laundry, studying for finals together, doing homework, whatever it was. And then at the end of some of these nights, we were in you know, a one, two in the morning of doing laundry and we just needed to go blow off some steam. And we would go to McDonald's like two in the morning, grab a couple of McCafes. Maybe I would sneak in a, like a double cheeseburger or an apple pie or something to wash it down with. We get a McCafe, we grab a couple of heaters, Marb Revs, Newports, Camel Crushes, whatever it was. Look, when you're young and dumb and in college playing sports, it doesn't matter what you put in your body, you were burning it off like we were invincible and mortal. So we were burning heaters and we would go out to the flight line at the airport down the street from our house and on, on college campus. We would just sit out there, put on a uh, T.I.'s latest album, T.I. the rapper, the hip-hop artist, and we would just drink our coffees, eat our pies or our burgers, and rip heaters until we would decide it was time to go home and shower and go to bed or whatever. Shower separately, of course. Let's caveat that. I love the kid, but we weren't touching tips. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And that was a great memory we had because we were able, we, we sat there, we could bond, we could talk about serious shit, we could shit talk each other and ball bust each other, um, but we were able to get to know each other better because we could talk about each other's, our own problems, what we got going on in our lives, with our relationships, with our families, um, I got to know his, his family really well, uh, and then when they came down to visit, you know, they were like second parents to me, almost. Um, I say second parents, I have... Most of my brothers and my my good close friends, they're family to me. Like their their parents are like parents to me as well, because we built that bond. And that's what we did with that's what I did with Dangerous D. Um, so there's a lot of stories of that you can laugh at D for, but I always gotta remember that where we actually got to become brothers there, in the shit together, ripping heaters together, talking about our life's problems and how we're going to get through them together as brothers. So, um, that's probably my best David's memory. It's not the funniest. There's a lot more other funny ones, but again, not going to drag the poor bastard until he's here to defend himself. So we'll get him on another episode one of these days. So thank you for that question. I brought back a lot of good memories. Um, and that's all we got question wise. This is a quick one. Not a lot of questions this time, that's fine. People are busy with their lives, and I understand that completely, but I appreciate you taking the time to ask the questions and listen in each time. Uh, before we go, though, we'll hit it real quick. The big three, for, the, for those new listeners here, the big three is the, uh, the three pillars of the LPDS to staying strong and being a better, happier, more genuine person of value and bringing that goodness and positivity to the rest of the world. So number one exercise every day, Burning the calories, getting the endorphins rushing through your body, through your bloodstream, that will make you healthier physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I'll touch on that more in depth in a future episode for you guys. Number two, the hardest one to do is to not be a shitty person, to be a good person, be kind, be a good human being. When the opportunity arises to be a shitty person, just don't do anything. Just don't be the shitty person. When you think you're going to be helping the world out by posting a shitty story on Instagram about somebody, targeting them, 
or responding to somebody in a negative light or answering back to some asshole with other assholery, don't do it. It just doubles down on the assholery going on in the, in the situation and it creates more negativity and it does not solve any problems no matter what your intent is. So when the opportunity arises to be shitty, especially on the internet, just take the step back and don't do it and just buy that omission of any action, you are helping the situation out and being a better person for it. And if you can eventually get yourself out of that negative light altogether, out of that environment, your whole mindset is going to shift. You're going to be more positive light altogether. So don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. I always say this, when you wake up every morning, the first thing you should do is think about one thing that's good in your life. Think about why it's good and what your life would be like without it and how shitty it might be without it. And be grateful for it. Actively think about it and then add each day, add another thing to the day until your most of your day is thinking about the good things in your life and how grateful you are and how you're not taking them for granted and that you're enjoying them and you're and you're changing your brain function, your your muscle memory, your mindset into thinking in, in gratitude and not in entitlement. And you couple that with not being a shitty person and you couple that with exercising every day and becoming physically, mentally, and emotionally healthier. And that's the recipe, the recipe for success of being a better, happier, more positive person bringing value to the world and to yourself and your family and to others. Now that's all I got. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to hit the hotline 202-670-1114 with questions, advice, feedback, comments, whatever you want. Call it in and we'll play it on a future episode and we'll talk about it. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Put on those little notifications on the YouTubes and the Apple iTunes and the Spotify's tunes so that you know when the next episode's coming out so you can spread the good word to get the LPDS out to the people. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.